Some people just don't get it. What is it, brain fog? It's a barrier. What is it? Let's talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and in the studio with me are my friends, the Inverse gang. We have uh, Sebastian, Jonathan, Siku, and uh, Callie and Israel are off uh, this episode. We're going to look at the topic of the covenants, and we've been looking at it for the last couple of episodes. And for those, those of you who are studying with us, along with us in our Bible study guides, I just want to encourage you, stick with us. This topic of the covenants is all expansive throughout Scripture. You find it everywhere, and the more you stay with it, the more you'll be blessed to understand the God behind the covenants. Uh, I mentioned the Bible study guides. You want to go to inversebible.org. You can download the online guides there. And you can go to hopetv.org slash inverse. And there you can catch up on the previous episodes. And maybe there's something you just don't understand. Maybe that was a little too hard. Just go back and you can just put it on 2x or 1.75x and just speed <laughs> through the episode. And you can get as much juice as you can from those past episodes. So I want to say hello, y'all. Hello, it's y'all. been a wonderful Aloha. journey. Yeah, it's been a some some passages kind of tough. Yes, yeah. uh, but some good stuff and very very kind and generous God that we serve. Amen. And I want to be uh, engaged into everything that He has to offer after these studies on on the covenants. We're going to go to Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter three, and um, I want to ask Siku if you can pray for us because this is a very it's a pretty difficult difficult passage. But I don't know about you, but every time we've attacked a, a difficult passage, I get a corporate blessing out of yes. it. Yeah, Amen. I mean, I'm For studying sure. it. I'm like, I got to host this show. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, that was pretty cool. And those are the moments yeah. where I know God is leading. Amen. And uh, if it's clear in my mind, hopefully it's clear in your guys' mind. Hopefully it's clear in your mind. If it's not, then Lord forgive us. But uh, it's it's been a blessing every episode thus mm-hmm. far. So, uh, Sebastian, can you... Um, oh, Siku, can you pray for us? Sorry, we need prayer. We need prayer right now. Let's pray. Loving Father, Father, we're thankful for the blessing that it has been to study this topic, mm-hmm. um, to see the beauty of your character all pervasive through Scripture. Amen. And we're humbled um, at your willingness to enter into a covenantal relationship with us. Help us to understand the difficult passages in your word, um, not so that we can boast that we understand these things, mm-hmm. but so that mm-hmm. we can draw closer to you and that we can be a witness to others as well and ex- help to explain to them the beauty of your character. Mm. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that beautiful prayer, Sikunas. That is uh, true. We don't want to boast of how much we know. If anything, we've just scratched the surface and we just kind of know what we don't know. And so we're, we're, we're constantly studying scripture uh, and, and deeper and deeper. Uh, Sebastian, why, why are there difficult Bible passages out there? Why doesn't God just say, this is it? And then, hey, that's you got it. Good job, buddy. And then we go upstairs. <laughs> why are there hard parts? Well, I think there are difficult passages for two different reasons. The first one is, is that a lot of the times it's the lenses or the glasses that we're approaching these passages with. Mm. We're coming with certain presuppositions that, oh, you know, everything that was associated with the old covenant was bad. But we've already separated it from episode two mm. that God includes the response to the covenant as a part of that covenant. Yes. Now so, that's a profound insight that, that took a little bit of time to get to, but exactly. he does see it as all inclusive, the response and the promise together. Yeah. Exactly. So then and that's why when he says, I found fault with 
the response, mm-hmm. not the actual promise. Yes, yes, yes. That's and right. so yeah. that that to me is one of the critical lenses by which people struggle. <laughs> the other reason is is that Paul was dealing with this old covenant experience with a new covenant historical reality even in his own day Mm -hmm. and so a lot of these letters that he's writing to people if you're coming with that same lens the problem number one you're still falling in the same category as the people that Paul is writing to Mm -hmm. the Galatians or here the Corinthians Mm -hmm. where it's like yeah your your mind is so saturated with this old covenant experience language Mm -hmm. and approach you can't even understand what I'm trying to present to you right now Mm -hmm. and so a, a lot of these passages strike us because we have a hard time separating the historical covenant from the experiential response and also that this was a persistent problem even in Paul's day and it's sometimes hard for us to even get his clarification for them because we're still struggling with it in our own time. Okay, so um, Siku, um, describe for us, and, and, and Sebastian did it so, so wonderfully, eloquently, but maybe someone's watching for the first time and they just heard what Sebastian said and were like, what? What did he just say? Like, what? <laughs> so kind of give us, a, just simplify in, in regular terms. What is God promising us? So there are four basic elements to the promises that God is giving. Mm-hmm. Um, one, that he is going to write his law in our hearts, that he's going to sanctify us essentially, mm-hmm. that we become, we were obeying his law, not out of you know obligation, but it actually comes out of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that he's going to reconcile us to himself, which is something that uh, this union with God and this fellowship was broken because of sin, mm-hmm. but he's going to reconcile us. Um, and then also that he is going to use us, give us purpose, give us a mission, give us a work to do with him mm-hmm. um, to tell and spread the goodness of, of this news with others. And then um, the fourth one being that he's going to justify us so that he's going to see us as if we had never sinned, we're right before him. And these are the four basic elements, uh, I guess, you know, the, the essential elements that you see repeated over and over again when you see this covenantal language. Um, and we re- derived those from Hebrews chapter 8. They are also in Jeremiah chapter 33. Thank you, Siku. So describe for also for us, like maybe there is a, a student out there and their relationship with God is like, I got a test coming up tomorrow and I just need your help. And you're telling me God's going to give me, he's going to forgive me by my sins, he's going to sanctify me, he's going to give me a mission, and they're going to be his people. Well, well, well how, how do I connect that? What do we do with someone who's out there and they don't have a job out there and they're just, you know, how do we connect this covenant language and all these, you know, da, 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 and they're just like, look, I'm just watching this because my mom told me to watch inverse, like right. connect the dot a little bit for us because these are wonderful themes. Don't get me wrong, right. but let's just connect at some yeah. point, come back to earth. Jonathan. Yeah, I, really the, what the covenant, what God is trying to tell us in the covenant is like, I will be there. I am here, mm. I am with you. So to the student struggling with the test, to the person looking for a job, God is saying, I am with you. That's the covenant promise that he has made. I'm not going to let you go, you know, I'm not going to let you down. Mm-hmm. If you want me to, I will be there with you all through all the challenges of life, through every experience, and I will not only be with you, I will uplift you, I will transform you, I will make you, give you a life of purpose, as you mentioned, and and of richness. So it's really a promise of making things better through relationship with God, and, and that He will be there. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say too, um, you think about, you're talking about all the different areas in our lives. The Bible is, you know, is full of 
promises and instructions mm -hmm. dealing with every single aspect of our lives. You know, mm -hmm. relationships, you know, your, your employment, you know, like just if you think about the area of like, what you're going to eat, you know, how you're going to dress. Family. Like think of the area in your life and the Bible has uh, promises and instructions on all those things. Yeah. The covenants, like thinking about the covenant that God wants to make with these people, these promises cover all of that stuff. Yeah. So everything that God says you need to do or you need to be, what the covenant says is, I will do this in you, mm -hmm. right? And, and the experience is learning how to rest in God, working that out in my life, that's right. right? And that's, that's what the covenant is about. So in my education, um, he's, you know, he wants you to be the head and not the tail. You know, you need to, you know, be diligent in all of your labors. But how do I do that? You know, mm -hmm. I just want to watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. God is saying that I can, <laughs> I can actually <laughs> do this in you. I can make you a diligent student, mm -hmm. right? It's required so of he you. He creates in me a certain heart, a different, or a different desire where previously I didn't like Netflix, but, right. or, or I didn't want to binge on Netflix, but now I, I now I don't binge on Netflix for what? some strange reason, and for some strange reason I can study the uh, study my and textbook and I can get a good grade. The exactly. takes place. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and okay. consider the the you know what we dealt with <laughs> last week with Abraham and Hagar yeah. and Sarah, which yeah. is the fact that the same act with Sarah all of a sudden produces a different result yeah. because God is in it. Yeah. You're, you're actually being intimate. He was being intimate with his wife, which was something he could do, but it was the covenant with God that made that supernatural mm -hmm. yes. and produced a child when they were old and well past the childbearing age. She was already barren on top of that. Mm -hmm. So in the same sense, you go and study the books, even though you've struggled with organic chemistry, even though you've struggled with English and writing the papers, even though you struggle to lose the weight and exercise, mm -hmm. you still go to the gym and say, well, I'm gonna do my little five minutes. And all of a sudden, this similar act of just showing up, being present, God is able to kind of come in there mm -hmm. and do something supernatural through this you know, almost super normal act mm -hmm. that was nothing unique, yes. but because you're in a covenant relationship, awesome. he awesome. does something yeah. above and I'm glad we kind of kind of came down and, and came, you know, came down and got some gas. And, that, <laughs> and now you got to take off and, and go on again. <laughs> Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. Chapter 3, verse 7. And Jonathan, if you can read that for sure. us. Let's take it slow, uh, yeah. section by section there. It says here, But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Okay, stop there. Okay, mm -hmm. let's kind of just take it slow. And what does that mean? Mm -hmm. what's, what's going on there? Well, he's referencing back in earlier in the chapter in Second Corinthians chapter three, mm -hmm. beginning in verse six, he's he's talking about this ministry of the spirit versus the letter referring to the new covenant. So you see in verse six, he says, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Okay. So now we're dealing with the letter versus the spirit of this new covenant, mm -hmm. right? And so Paul, Paul is now saying now, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious. So he's dealing with what people may think on the surface. Oh, he's talking about the old covenant, right? Mm -hmm. He's referring to the historical old covenant. And that is the problem here, right? This was this ministry of death. But Paul is actually referencing going back to the previous, the spirit versus the, 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 um, 
the letter and again bringing out this historical versus this experiential response yeah. so he's starting and saying well this was glorious so that the children of israel could not look steadfastly on the face of moses because of the glory of his countenance which glory was passing away so this was moses receiving that covenant from god in that that original experience on mount sinai mm-hmm. and so the the um i know this is getting super long-witted but try to bring it down it, it crystallize it essentially he's trying to start us down this path of making sure we're separating the historical covenant in the old one as well as the old response mm-hmm. and what was happening at that time but there was a certain glory that was present there okay this point. okay Jonathan oh okay yeah, well uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it's quite similar here we Paul is uh, is trying to differentiate there is a way to looking at the covenant at the laws and all these things in a certain way the letter okay I'll do all these things and there's a way to look at it through the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can perform all these things in yes. you. And so this is the distinction that he's trying to make here as he sets us up for the, for the remainder of this chapter. Okay, okay. So we still have yet to go up to Mount Sinai and then Moses is going to glow. So stay with us after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We are in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're looking at the ministry of death that, that, that Paul talks about in verse 7. That kind of sounds kind of scary, yeah, verse, <laughs> verse 7. But in verse 7, if the ministry of death written and graven on stones, what, what is this? This is what, what, what covenant are we talking about here? This is the historically the, the historically old, covenant. old covenant, yeah, yes. written on stones. This is found in Mount Sinai. Delivered and by what Moses. Paul is talking about here is if the old te- old covenant, if the Ten Commandments came down and, Mo- and 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 you could see the glory on on on, on Moses's face, yep. right? Mm-hmm. If if the old covenant can do that, how much more the new covenant, which is supposed to be the fulfillment of which the old covenant points to, mm-hmm. right? right? That's yes. what he's talking to, and at least as I read this, mm-hmm. so verse. Eight. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Mm-hmm. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, right? If this is old covenant that that pointed to uh, uh, the um, um, dying and the curses and 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 the old covenant, if if this produces this much glory, how much more the the the, the, the covenant that brings brings life? That's like, yeah yeah verse right. ten. So for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For what is passing is glorious what remains much more is what what remains is much, much more, more glorious therefore since we have such hope we use great boldness of speech unlike Moses who put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away but their minds were blinded mm-hmm. so we look here that 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 he's using this veil as an illustration that back in in Mount Sinai the children of Israel couldn't get it mm-hmm. yeah so that they, they, they couldn't see the glory of what God was trying to convey. The, a veil was in the way. Yeah, right. What is this veil? What mm-hmm. is this barrier? Uh, I think we have to establish here that that they could have gotten it. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, we established this in previous episodes that at Mount Sinai, this covenant was, was the new covenant, was always the covenant that God wanted to have with his people. Mm-hmm. But their response was, was off, right? Mm-hmm. And so the veil here really comes down to... Uh, 
um, if we can go to chapter 4, verse 4, yep. I think Paul gives us the answer here. He talks uh, in verse 3, actually. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, mm -hmm. whose minds the God of this age, Satan, mm -hmm. has blinded, who do not believe. So mm -hmm. it comes down to the problem between an old and new covenant experience is believing, is trusting. Who do I trust? Self or God? Mm -hmm. And so it is this disbelief, it's trust in self that veils it and, and you, you can't get it. Yes. You can't get it without believing. Yeah. yeah. And, and in verse 4, back to chapter 3, mm -hmm. verse 14, um, talking about the, their minds being blinded, you yes. know, that same language, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Mm -hmm. So if we're saying that in the Old Testament they could have come to an understanding that the veil could have been lifted, mm -hmm. it would have been lifted the exact same way mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. So that an understanding of what God was promising to do in the covenant could only clearly be seen in the face of Jesus Christ, in the, right. in the light of what God promised all the way from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, hmm. right? So, so Jesus as the ultimate solution to, you know, to bring in this reconciliation, to bring in justification, our sanctification, you know, all these things. Jesus is central to all of that. And without, an, without accepting that I cannot do it in my own strength, I cannot atone for my own sins, I cannot pay for all the wrong that I've done, mm -hmm. that I need a savior without acknowledging that, then I'm stuck in thinking that I need to do something, I can possibly do mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. But in Jesus Christ, in recognizing that I need a savior, that something external to me has to come in yeah. and make this all possible, that's how the veil is lifted yeah. up. Mm -hmm. but this, this happens to us every single day in reading really any part of the Bible verse, right? Whether it's the mm -hmm. New Testament or the Old Testament. And we've talked about this many times in previous, previous episodes, mm -hmm. where, where, where the Bible says, simply be good. Mm -hmm. Right, be good, or, or that's a, you shall, you will be good. Right, you will be good. And then so some of us have this veil in front of us, and we're like, oh, you'll be good. Oh, I gotta be good. Like, man, all right. And then he's like, and you just try to be good, and you're reading the same Bible verses, you're going to the same church, you're praying to the same God, you're doing the mm -hmm. same spiritual exercises, but you have a veil, and you're trying to do this. And what Paul's saying, this leads to this ministry of death. It's just you're getting. You're, you're condemning yourself in this legalistic framework, right? Mm -hmm. But yes. in Christ Jesus, that veil is taken away, right. mm -hmm. and then we start seeing like, you shall be good, is you don't see that as a command where you now have to do, or like, wow, that's actually a promise. Okay that all I have to do is just be in Jesus and Jesus just works it in me, all of a sudden I stop the lying, I stop the cheating, I stop the adultery, I stop the and I start this and I start this and start this. Like, hey, this is an enchant transformation and change takes place. And notice that right there in the Bible, when he's talking about removing of the veil in 2 Corinthians 3.16, he says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, mm. the veil is taken away. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's about turning away from myself, turning away from the actual terms of the covenant, and just being like, well, because I read the letters, and it's yeah. the letter that's going to do this. It's like, mm. no, you need to turn to the Lord, yeah. the one who's making the covenant. He's the one that's going to fulfill it, and then that veil is taken away. And so what, what is that veil? What is that veil? It's caused by Satan. It's it's, mm -hmm. it, it prevents us from seeing it. What is that? Mm -hmm. Self. Self. Yeah. yeah, it's totally self. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We start saying like, hey, I can do this. This sounds pretty reasonable. I can do this. Mm -hmm. But this, this veil needs to be taken away, taken right. away from our eyes. And know? I think that's, that's the danger of 
you know, the, the, in some ways, the human mind and intelligence, right? That's the danger of knowledge that puffs up. That's the danger of grasping understanding, albeit even theological, that we start thinking because we can parse and understand and explain that we know where we start falling into this idea that information is transformation. Mm. So because I know this, no better, I am better. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you have to turn to the Lord to be better. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe that even, um, you know, the, the other apostles and other individuals in the Old Testament struggle with this. Mm. Was well, like, well, we know this. We have the oracles of God. We have the yeah. revelation. We have the, so therefore we are better. It's like, no, until you allow him to do what he promised and covenant mm-hmm. himself, you have not achieved, right? Yeah. You have not arrived. If anything, sometimes some of those those advantages and all that knowledge, and it makes that veil thicker. Correct. Right? It's just right. like, I, I've read more, I know That's more, and I, my, my heritage is this, and my culture is this. So then you got this thick like blanket over your head instead <laughs> yes. of a light veil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the glory just gets darker and darker and darker, mm-hmm. and you can't really see the glory of what God is trying to do. Okay. So yeah, this is, this is a very difficult passage, but we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're unveiling it slowly a little <laughs> bit here. Let's keep on reading in verse 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Again, that liberty phrase we saw in last episode. Again, we see it here. Verse 18, very, very famous verse. Yes, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Mm -hmm. Lord. All right, so let's break this down. I mean, we can spend a whole hour just on this phrase. For sure. Uh, what's going on, John? I, I want to look at verse 17 okay. here. Well, I, I want to establish... Another verse? <laughs> no, no, we just read this. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure that we that we understand what Paul is not saying. Mm-hmm. He's saying here, you know, uh, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Mm. For a lot of Christians, this is like, oh, I'm free to do whatever, and in grace, God's going to forgive me all the time. You know, like, the law doesn't matter. I'm free from the law. And we have established this at this point, that this is not liberty from all the beautiful things that God has revealed to us, mm. this is liberty from having to perform this in my own strength. Mm. What we have been reiterating here on this, mm. this episode. But it's very important because liberty oh, right. is totally. often a trigger word for a certain concept and we are unlearning that concept yes. from Scripture to see this is liberty from having to perform it in my strength. It is freeing me from that burden. Mm. Jesus will perform this covenant promises and the laws and all these things in my life. Yes. Mm. Just, through the Spirit. Just as mm-hmm. sin has a power over us, Right. The same amount of strength is, hey, I can take care of my sin by myself right. is just as much of a trap as sin is. Yes. And then we're getting liberty from that. That's that's what you're saying. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it continues through the Holy Spirit. This work uh, that is now explained in verse 18. He mm. says, we all with unveiled face, now that we believe, now that we have turned to Jesus, now that we trust in Him, mm-hmm. beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So we're seeing a, a, a promise. What we see in Jesus, what we see in Him, He wants to do in us. He wants to make us more like Jesus, like in the mirror. And what happens when we look at Jesus? The glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, mm. justice by the Spirit of the Lord. I mean, that is, that's, this is amazing, mm-hmm. you know. You look to Jesus, you trust in Him for salvation, you trust in Him for, uh, for, for faithfulness. It is His faithfulness in us, in Him for righteousness. You look at His life and He will transform your life. You will become more and more like Him in character and in actions and in words. It's just, you become 
you know, a reflection of Jesus to this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there anything better? Amen, <laughs> amen, amen. Right. Sebastian? Um, and I, I just think that it, it, it really causes us to see that in that new covenant yes. of what he was promising with those four things of, yeah, I'm going to write my law in your heart and mm -hmm. you're going to be my people and you're, you're going to help other people and teach your neighbor. You don't have to say that to know the Lord. All of these things he's saying, this was all about tending you towards the glory of God. Mm -hmm. This was all about restoring the character of God in your life, mm -hmm. getting you back to that same image that Adam had once born. Mm -hmm. And so God is essentially almost hearkening us back to that very beginning time with Adam when he violated that covenant. And this covenant of grace is trying to take us back to the overarching, right. the everlasting covenant to say, this is what I was always trying to do mm -hmm. if you would just respond and allow me to do this. Mm -hmm. And that, and notice the passive nature of it, are being transformed. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's a process. Not that you transform yourself. yourself. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that it's momentary, yeah, punctiliar, yeah. Yeah. where we just think, bam, you know, yeah. poof, right? God is like, <laughs> you're going to be holy. You're going to be patient. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're being transformed from image, from glory to glory by what? Beholding that image. Yeah. Yes. Not looking at your faults, not focusing on your weaknesses, yeah. not looking at your past, That's but right. just beholding the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the this verse eighteen makes me think of verse seven. Okay. In in chapter three, <laughs> um, verse seven, when it's talking about this ministry of death, right? Like this is the ten commandments Moses received them, yeah. and it's saying, if this ministry of death was glorious, how much more, right? But but what it's saying is that just being in the presence of this transcript of the character of God, as it is the in the law of God, was so glorious. It was so glorious that it actually affected Moses physical mm. appearance mm. right mm. so it's saying I mean it's it's saying that th you cannot be in the presence of God and his character and not be changed Wow this was even physically manifested mm. in the life of Moses mm. and now we with a proper understanding of what of the covenant mm. you know and of that experience with God when we are in God's presence we don't have to worry about you know like really that concern of oh I must do this and I must it's really because we're not basking in the presence of the yes. glory of God. Because wow. if we're basking in his presence, it will transform yes. us, mm -hmm. is the promise. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Mm -hmm. that's, that's powerful, powerful. Even when you're not even, it's just, it's just, it's just uh, that's, that's, that's radio. Rewind yeah. and watch that again. Uh, this, the operative verb in verse 18 is behold. We need to take the veil off, the veil of self away, that the barriers from our eyes, and to behold the glory of God directly. And by time, by spirit, by the power of God, by grace, we are transformed. Change is possible. There is hope for all of you out there, for all of us here, for especially me, as a wonderful, wonderful promise we find in Scripture. There's been a wonderful study in the covenants in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Hopefully there's been a blessing to you. For the next four weeks, we're going to look at case studies throughout Scripture, looking at the topic of the covenants. You don't want to miss it. Thanks so much for, for being part of our conversation. We want to see you here next week here on Inverse. God bless you guys.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.